This podcast is for mature audiences 18 and over and for entertainment purposes only. Please contact your healthcare provider before pursuing any of our topics discussed. You're listening to Eat, Play, Sex with Dr. Cat, the place to get play, sex, and nutrition talk straight to your ears. Hey lovers, and welcome to another episode of Eat, Play, Sex. I'm your sex expert, Dr. Cat. And this weekend, I was at Anme Sex Toy Expo moving through the booths with my male friend and colleague and playing with all the latest gadgets and playthings and sexy toys. And he was acting like my Instagram boyfriend, (laughs) taking video of me, getting electrically shocked or pretending a massager was a microphone. He even took a video of me pretending like I was a unicorn with an anal dildo to my forehead. Really fun. And would even announce that he would be taking a photo or taking a video, asking anyone who might be in the shot if he had their consent to be in the background. Now, God bless this man. I mean, how often do you even think about asking for consent with things like this? You know, how often do we take a selfie or a photo or something happening at a party and post it up thinking that it's our right to do so? And then I'd ask a toy representative about the functions of a particular piece and how it operated and what it does. And he would jump in telling us about his experiences with women in this particular toy and how empowering it was for them to reach orgasm when often she would struggle with them. And I'm like, who is this guy? Like empowering women in their need of pleasure, whatever that looks like for them, without fear as to what this means about him being a man. Now, being a man, a question I think many of us are confused about, you know, what does this mean? I've gotten asked that so many times. What does it mean to be a man in this, in this modern day, you know, modern day era? And in this day and age where we question the concept of gender identity, you know, these expectations from older paradigms were getting tossed around these terms of toxicity and toxic masculinity and the lack of role models to really champion this new concept of what it means. And that is exactly what we're getting into today. I have with me the super slick and sexy Dustin Garrick here to talk about what it means to be an evolved masculine and how we can master our sexuality as men or how you can, because I don't personally identify as a man except in some of my fantasies, but that's another show. (laughs) But before we get to Dustin, I want to thank you so much for tuning in. (laughs) I want to thank you for your reviews that have been helping me gain points in the podcast stratosphere. I want to thank you for sharing with your best friend and your Instagram followers. I want to thank you for letting me know that this information, that these podcasts have rocked your sex world, because this is literally my pleasure. If you can't already tell in my voice, because my goal here is to help you to eat, play, and sex better. And if you haven't already, please head to eatplaysex.com where you can subscribe to the show, connect with me, and read more about how you can up-level your sex, love, and vitality. Now, to our awesome guest, I'm stoked to have here on the show, Dustin Garrick. Thank you for joining me today. 
I'm already having fun and I hadn't even spoken yet. I, I love the introduction. I just love your personality and how you show up in the world. Pretty good foreplay, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are we warmed up yet? Are we good? You got me going. <laughs> it's funny that you bring up the A&ME um, uh, Expo because next week I'm uh, heading to Vegas for the AVN, the Adult Video News, aka the Big Porn Convention. Um, Ooh. And uh, it, I've, I've been there four times before, but it's been seven plus years. And you mm-hmm. brought up memories and reminded me as to why I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> mm, why are you going? How did you get into that? Because um, this is the porn, the adult video um, industry. You know, it is. It really touches all aspects of the sexuality industries. Um, I I'm going because I've felt four different things pulling me from mm. a group of friends who are are heading over. Uh, that alone wouldn't have done it for me. I I need more <laughs> than social reasons to go to such a thing. Um, Peer pressure. <laughs> Everybody else is doing it. Come on. <laughs> uh, but also uh, business opportunities with my with my book, The Evolved Masculine, Be the Man the World Needs and the One She Graves, something I'm sure we're going to be speaking about. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, <laughs> having, let's talk about that. We'll create space for that. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> having just come out, uh, you know, all these places where I can meet and connect with um, different companies and people who can put my book in front of uh, the right audiences uh, is definitely helpful. And uh, I have my own podcast, The Evolved Masculine, Redefining Sex, Power, and Success. And I'm looking for the right uh, companies to partner with, to help sponsor the podcast so I can expand it, um, put more money into production, as well as uh, marketing to get out in front of more people, other potential business ventures, and have fun and explore and see what's new and hot in these realms Mm -hmm. around sexuality. Mm-hmm. That will be fun. I have a bunch of colleagues that are going myself. Mm-hmm. I won't be able to be there, but have fun for me. I will do so. <laughs> so I met you at this event. I'd known about you for a while, but it wasn't until it was probably a couple of years ago. I met you at this um, wild vessel event, which was this event that was designed to really bring men and women together in their fullest integrity and expression and, and um, you know, collaboration. And you were, you were playing with energy with one of our dear friends, Josephina Bashout, who I've also had on this show in earlier episodes. And I turn around and I, and I was like, I can feel you too. Do you remember this? Maybe not. Now that you're bringing it up, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I felt this pulsation of energy behind me. And I was like, oh, I know who that is. <laughs> and that, that was my introduction to you. <laughs> well, you know what? The, I don't know if you could have gotten a better introduction to me. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. I was like, okay, he's cool. <laughs> playing with playing with sexual energy with another person who's adept at playing with sexual energy is, you know, one of, it's my happy place. Yeah, yeah, I can feel that, especially with that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you are up to in this world, what you're creating? Yeah. Um so again, my name is Dustin Garrick. <laughs> I have been, <laughs> uh, I do my work these days under the umbrella or, or brand of what, of what I call the evolved masculine, which touches upon what you were speaking of at the start of the show. Um, really helping men explore what 
does a healthy relationship to one's masculinity look like? What does it even mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, What does it mean to be a good man in 2020 and beyond? (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Really actively introspect and look at our sexuality. Um, You know, we've gotten some pretty intense reflections of late that maybe we've gotten some flawed programming when it comes to sex, women, um, what it means to be a man and to, um, seek out, find, implement, um, ways that are actually working better for everybody, uh, men, women, others uh, alike. And I've been doing this work in one form or another for over 20 years, uh, which <laughs> puts me in the old veteran category. <laughs> um, and you know, so much of it's rooted in my own, uh, at, often very difficult journey around these aspects of my own life. But having been in so much pain um, around my masculinity, what it means to be a man, my sexuality, my complete confusion around women and um, many dysfunctional relationships, I was incredibly mm-hmm. driven to find a better way. And I, I mean, uh-huh. if you, you're saying 20 years, mm-hmm. you know, I'm thinking about the conversations that we're having right now about being a man and masculinity. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking, were those even happening no. 20 years ago? No, they yeah. weren't, which is why, you know, I'm so thrilled to see the uh, how much that conversation has blossomed because there were years where I felt like I was talking to a wall, and, and like I can mm. go back and find these these uh, videos and the YouTube videos and what have you that I created uh, five seven plus years ago where I'm like wow like I could put out that same video today <laughs> only now it might actually get viewed more. Uh, <laughs> I, n- today now I barely say anything about my work and it all heads turn in my direction. That wasn't really the case earlier in my career. Mm. Men are ready. Men are waking up. Men are paying attention. Men are introspecting. I really do believe that particularly the catalyst of the Me Too movement has sparked um, a revolution in men, masculinity, men's sexuality that we're... We're only at the start of seeing uh, the repercussions that are going to be uh, coming out over over many years to come. Mm. And and so it, one of the biggest terms that I saw a lot in the pop up in the Me Too movement is is the term toxic masculinity. I heard, and then all of a sudden the word toxic popped up everywhere, and I was like, where did this even come from? Like it's such a buzzword now. How would you? Is that in your terminology? Do you use that term? And what is that? What does that look like for you when people use that? Well. Um, do I use that term? Mostly not. Uh, sometimes I touch it um, to create contrast. And uh, please forgive me, my German Shepherd is clearly bothered by something, probably an Amazon <laughs> delivery. Uh, <laughs> and um, uh, sometimes I'll touch it in contrast. I understand why the term uh, came to be used. It is part of this drawing of a line in the sand that um, particularly women, but not solely, have uh, finally hit a point of no more enough. There are things that have been tolerated for generations, if not thousands of years, that we will no longer tolerate. This stops here and now. Great. 
you know what? Sometimes we need that. Sometimes we need that kick in the ass, uh, that wake up call. And I learned through my own uh, difficult life path journey that simply pointing to everything that's wrong what's wrong with men, the ways in which men have harmed um, um, the pro problematic aspects to, what, uh, to masculine expression it, it is a piece of the puzzle. But if that is where all of the energy is focused, it can create unintended neg negative consequences. Uh, my high school sweetheart was raped um, on her 15th birthday just before we met. Mm. And I, I start my book with this story, actually. Yeah, I read that. Yeah, um, it was really very touching. It, uh, it really helped catalyze my whole journey. But part of what happened for me at that time was I took in a message unconsciously that men, masculinity, and especially men's sexuality are dangerous. Mm -hmm. And being 16, 17 years old, what... what kind of effect did that have on me? Well, it caused me to disconnect from these parts of myself. It caused me to shame these parts of myself. And it caused me to, to retreat much more into my feminine parts of myself. Not because, well, this is just who I am, but because I was afraid. And I... Um, I struggled with that for the next decade of my life. Mm, I think that's so many men's experiences because I can think of some of my clients or some of my friends who've said the same thing, that they've become afraid of being a man because they're, they don't want to hurt anybody. They don't want to you know, be perceived as a predator or a creep or anything like that. So that's the whole thing. I feel like I was just 20 years ahead of the curve in that. <laughs> I, mm -hmm. I took on that message then that more, you know, too many men are taking on today. And so I, I created the Evolved Masculine so that uh, for myself, just as much as everyone else, but as, um, as something that hopefully can help inspire men who are looking for a better way, give us something to aspire towards rather than simply what not to do, what not to be, and all the bad examples. He, let's get a reminder of what is possible. Mm. Who, what are the, the healthiest aspects of our masculinity and what does a really like an integrated man look like? Something I really like to um, just make clear, though I and the like speak of the evolved masculine and wrote a book <laughs> of the title. I, I don't do this from this uh, place of I am, I am the 100% most perfect evolved masculine male, 100% of the <laughs> mm -hmm. No, it's, it's not true. If only it, it is, it is an idea, an archetype uh, that I strive towards. And, and I've been striving towards it for a really long time now. And so, of course, I'm closer to that ideal than I was before I began envisioning it and began walking that path. But mm. that this is part of the work that I do with men is help them cr cultivate a vision of their own evolved masculine self. And mm -hmm. then from that crystallized vision, um, commit to walking that path the path in the direction of that vision, becoming mm. him more and more, taking him out of the idea realm and what would it be like to try him on just for today. So from your perspective or from your model, what are some of these uh, concepts or principles of 
being an, an evolved masculine that you're talking about. Yeah. So, so just a little um, semantics thing. So being an evolved masculine, I, I look at a masculine as a, an adjective more than a noun. Mm. Um, so first of all, you have your own, uh, feminine and masculine parts of yourself. I have my own feminine and masculine parts of myself. Um, and that aspects of the evolved masculine include, um, being grounded, uh, embodied, connected to, uh, connected to this earth and the animal primal energies and aspects that exist within us that too many men today are afraid of. Um, owning and integrating your sexuality. So it is not something that controls you, nor is it something that has to be repressed. Claiming your power and forming right relationship to that power so that you're neither afraid of power and eschewing it, nor are you letting, or, nor are you addicted to that power or relating to that power as something that has to be held uh, in contrast to being over somebody else. Mm. But rather that power that exists is sourced from within. Um, you are connected to your heart, uh, can experience compassion, empathy, deep understanding, create intimacy, uh, unafraid to love, as well as knowingness of your abil- um, your enoughness to receive love, to take it in. You are an authentic in your expression, honest, direct, able to be in your truth what a- and stand in that truth, whatever it is, regardless of um, external opinion, because you are internally validated. Mm, what do you mean by that? Um, too many of us <laughs> can spend too much <laughs> of our time, especially in our social media world, which so feeds this. We're seeking external validation. Am I okay? Give me enough likes and <laughs> you mm. can let me know that I'm okay. I am enough. I'm constantly seeking uh something from the outside to tell me that. And for many men that either seeking the validation of his bros or people or other guys online or seeking that validation through fem, uh, women's attention or sexuality. Or dick pics. Well, <laughs> that can be another <laughs> way of seeking. Okay. It could be another way of seeking validation or attention, but it's a different conversation. So, um, but, I don't really view any of that as really being sourced in uh, authentic masculinity. That, mm. that this is a, your power, your potency comes from when you know within you that you are enough, that you are good, mm-hmm. that you are okay and enough. And you can uh, listen to feedback from others. But your your rightness uh, is not determined by others' responses. So with this, so find so I can imagine our audience listening to this and saying, "Okay, that sounds great." You know, yes, I want all these things, but how the the practice of these or how mm-hmm. we actually embody this 
I mean, we're coming up against hundreds of years of messages mm-hmm. around how we're supposed to be, which is, you know, passed through our fathers and, and ingrained in us. And then, you know, of course, we're moving about this world and we're receiving confirmation bias that, that we, we do suck and that we're not good enough and we're not man enough. And sure. all of the advertisements we- trying to uh, sell us product based on what's wrong with you. And if you just buy our thing, then you'll, then you'll be okay. Then you'll be enough. Then you'll be attractive. And you'll yeah. be happy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you really, if you want to know the path by the book, there's a reason why, <laughs> there's a reason why I wrote it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's only so much that we can uh, get through uh, within this type of an interview. But these things are our practices. Again, we live in a time period that's really into instant downloadable results. Mm-hmm. But the truth that I found at my 41 years of age is that all of the things that hold the most value to me have been cultivated over time. They, didn't, mm. they, they were an instant result thing. They're something that I start giving my time and attention to often every day, but certainly regularly. And over time, they developed over time they were built. I'm, I'm a big fan of the word cultivate. It's like cultivating a garden. You don't just like drop in seeds and there's your plant. You know, mm-hmm. you are certainly not a tree. You don't put an acorn in the ground. <laughs> there's your oak. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you give, if you water it every day, you give, make sure it gets proper sunlight. Uh, this is day in, day out. You get something really substantial. One thing that I'm, you know, from what you're describing here is this idea of, you know, setting an intention to focus your, your awareness and your energy and your efforts towards and allow, there's a sense of allowance there too. So there's action and allowance in this, um, you know, period of time of that evolution. And, and I, I think you're right. I mean, I don't know how you're not able to get all of these information in our 40 minute <laughs> podcast episode. That's <laughs> just ridiculous. Can't you keep up with the times? Come on, <laughs> Dustin. You know, I, 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 I have tried that in the past. And, <laughs> you know, I'm a deep person. I'm a substantive, substantive person. <laughs> can't even say the word. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I put things out. I create things using these these tools and mediums for sure. But the, the things that I have to share that are of the most value take a certain mm. investment. It's why mm. I, I've created most of the offerings I have to offer, whether it's my um, one-on-one executive coaching work or it's these like, sexual self-mastery uh three-month uh, group training work, they, they take investment, they, not, not just monetarily, though that as well, but really a commitment of time, energy, and attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, we over here at this podcast, we like to draw things out. We like to be fully <laughs> present, <in them. laughs> which I think is, is something that's super sexy too. You know, when we can allow these processes to be in their own and draw things out versus go straight to, you know, the goal or what we perceive as the goal. And, and well, the problem um, is, is that often whether we're, let's bring it to sex as the analogy here. When, yes, please. But. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with a quickie. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) (laughs) A a throw up against the wall, bam, can be great. But Mm -hmm. if that's all you know, if that's the entirety of your sexual experiences, it's going to be limited. 
there is so much more available to us, especially when you draw it out, when you allow things to, I mean, women are particularly tend to crave this, but I've definitely learned men, like we have a lot to gain by, by strengthening this muscle, but that capacity to just draw out the sexual experience, Mm -hmm. to draw out the want, the craving, the desire. I write about this quite a bit in my book, actually. Uh, (laughs) and, And there are all these, there are all these experiences that we can have, all these subtleties and nuances that we can experience, all these ways in which we can have that turn on that sensuality, that pleasure, uh, fill the entire being, have the entire body vibrating with pleasure. Um, we, things that you just can't experience with a two-minute cookie. Oh my God, I'm over here just like, what is going on on my own podcast? <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself. Drink more tea. <laughs> So it's the same way with life. Like, sure, learn these three tricks tonight to blow her mind. Like, it's not to say that there can't be value in those things. But I'm personally, my work and what I'm interested in is deep and lasting transformation of your very being. Mm. That's a different game. Transformation of your very being. What is that... Expand on that a little yeah, bit. Sure. <laughs> so this is another one of the. Okay, so my book is divided into four main parts, with a now fifth part that's kind of epilogue-y. Um The first is self as creator, which is what we're speaking about here with um, a transformation. I share this journey that I've been on in my life, where I went from, as I call it, my. Uh, insecure people pleaser, Greg, my birth name, uh, and did a complete radical transformation of self into uh, what I then termed my erotic rock star. And yeah, this is an archetype persona that I created in end of 06 as part of my active exploration of my sexuality. And given those early experiences that I had, I was determined to figure out for myself what a sexually empowered, like healthy man who actually loved and respected women and and was sexually powerful like what is that what does that look like how do you Mm. it it seemed in our culture there was a split you either are respectful of women or you're you know a a highly sexually expressed man but didn't it in our culture didn't seem that those two things went together and i wanted to find out what that would look like for them to be together Mm. So I created this over-the-top erotic rock star persona, um, and I developed uh, both finding as well as massive experimentation, these series of of tools and methods to do a radical reinvention of self. And I lived this erotic rock star lifestyle for seven years. Um, To wherever your imagination is going with it, it was all that and so much more. But... (laughs) Another conversation as well, again, by the book to read some details. And then I was time for another radical transformation, another radical reinvention of self as I let him go and recreated myself into this founder of and face of the evolved masculine. Massive shift again. And so with those, there, there was a complete shift in identity in a way of experiencing myself, a way of projecting myself into the world, but also a way of uh, 
of, well, like I say, identity. And so this is not something that everybody experienced would know how to do. So I've, I've really uh, delved into a wide variety of practices and tools uh, mixed with my own personal stories to both entertain you <laughs> as well as help, help the, the learnings really sink in on how you could um, re- reinvent yourself, radically transform yourself, starting with crystallizing this vision of what would your evolved masculine self look like, be like, act like. Mm. I love that. I do a similar version with the women that I work with um, around what does it mean to be a sexual woman Mm -hmm. and using the archetype of the lover Mm -hmm. as this framework to to create and step into behaviors and a way of holding yourself and a way of speaking or holding eye contact, you know, as this being. And I, I imagine like myself and my personal life, how many times I've reinvented myself. And then in the end, it's like, I'm every single one of these things. And, <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. just like a fun game to shift in and out of these different characters that are all essentially me. So that took me longer to learn. Thank you for, for um, speaking to all of that, Kat. Writing this book actually helped me with that quite a bit. Uh, Mm. A a deeper integration of all these different parts of myself. I think that earlier in this path, I I did like a disowning of parts of myself or who I was before in this transformational process. Mm. And later I came to, I mean, this is one of the beauties of uh, writing the book and also all this time, (laughs) the 20 years Mm -hmm. or whatever, being on this journey is that... um, there are things along the path that I did really right. And there are major mistakes and, uh, that I made externally and mistakes in my thinking along the way that in retrospect, I could see so much clearer. Of, of course, I'm sure there are things I'm expressing now that 10 years from now will be like, hmm, Destin, <laughs> if you only knew. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, yeah, we have this, I hold this belief that you are not the clothes that you wear. You're not the personality that you like to project out to the world or even the one that you like to think of yourself as. But that underneath all of the social signaling, etc., there is a core essence, a deeper soul or spirit, or however you want to think of it, that f- from which all these things spring forth. But let's not confuse them with the essence itself, the essence of who you are. And that essence has limitless possibility and limitless expression. And so what I was doing with um, these, playing with these archetypes, with the creation of the erotic rock star, and uh, what I do with the evolved masculine today is allowing myself to let go of these notions of who I thought I was Mm. and imagine what could be. And then giving myself permission to friggin' do it, to mm. be it, to break habits, to be uncomfortable, to break social norm and convention, <laughs> yeah. expectations of others, and to live into, to live into my ideals. Mm. That's so beautifully said. You know, what's coming to my mind is, is as you have experienced in retrospect, you know, some of these concepts that um, may have, you know, now you're like, oh, okay, I would say that differently, or I see something differently. Um, I hear a lot 
or I hear things being spoken among the conscious men movement. Um, and, and I wonder if you think there are anything that, um, that's being said, that's being, that's confusing or might be missing the target. Some, some things that you would like to be like, eh, you know what, let's kind of like, look at this here. Oh, geez. So many. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> uh, uh, I've got my notebook ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm 41. I'm turning 42 in a couple months. I'm 10 plus years ago when I was really deep in these explorations, I was surrounded by, uh, by these different set of voices and messages. On one hand, in 2007, we had the explosion of the pickup artist community and in mm-hmm. industry, we had the explosion of free internet porn tube sites, um, and both of which were, were having a very real impact on male culture. <laughs> and then, at, at the same time, we. Also, especially like in the communities that I was part of, San, uh, San Francisco Bay Area, conscious, spiritual, what have you, world, there was the rise of David Data's work in the way of the superior man. Mm-hmm. And the, the challenge there is that they were both like, this is the way that you were supposed to be as a man. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. In some ways, it, it it's just replacing one trap for another. Mm-hmm. Um, we are infinitely complex. And I think that David A's work at the time, especially, was very potent medicine. Um, and I think it was incomplete. There are things that I didn't quite see and understand. And I'm blessed to stand on his shoulders and that... Um, you know, I'm 20 years younger than him and uh, grew up in a different time. But I hold very strong that we carry both masculine and feminine uh, within us. And that in order to thrive in today's world, you can't make either part of these within you wrong or bad or shameful. If you're, since we're speaking primarily to men here, but you can flip much of this. Um, we have all been wounded and, and around our masculinity, we've all been wounded around our inner feminine. Uh, and the, the work really is to confront those wounds and heal them not to just further push something underground whether you're retreating away from your feminine your inner feminine because you're afraid of how you'll be judged or whether you'll be seen as gay or uh, sissy or what have you or unmanly or you're uh, afraid or reacting from uh, wounds around your masculinity afraid for coming across as, as a creep or abusive or what have you mm-hmm. those are both Rooted in wounds. Yeah. Now, I retreated into my feminine from those wounds. 
through my late teens and into my 20s. But I got the message at the time that that uh, you're just a feminine man. Just embrace that. That's just who you are. Only to realize much later, that's actually not true. I was just tr- carrying a lot of trauma. Mm. And once I finally start confronting that trauma, start healing that, I allowed myself to uh, actively explore and understand my, my masculinity within myself. But I didn't want to, in that process, make my feminine parts wrong. And mm-hmm. cut, now cut those and just put myself back into that box that so many men find themselves in. So I would, I've been committed to owning and continuing to appreciate the feminine that exists within me, to know her, to acknowledge her, to celebrate those aspects and the gifts that she brings into my life, my, my appreciation and flair for aesthetics, uh, my uh, incredible heart, the, my ability to surrender and receive, um, the collaborative natures. There's so many elements and attributes within the feminine that I celebrate. I'm really thrilled to have within me. However, not at the expense of my masculinity, my, mm. my drive, my single focus, ability to single focus, my uh, strength of being, the fact my willpower to take action, to go for what I want and let nothing stop me, that warrior spirit within me, the, my yeah. ability to penetrate, to take. All of these are incredible. So I, I personally have found that the, my greatest strength isn't in one or the other, but the fact that I hold zero shame anymore about any of it, mm. the fact that Oof. I can move between them as I choose and as I feel is most appropriate to this moment. And to me, that's power. Mm. That's so beautifully said. I think, you know, as we move into this, this, um, you know, seeing ourselves as whole and owning and claiming these as, as parts of ourselves that um, are fluid, like you're saying, depending on, on these pieces. Yeah. I just, um, it took me a long time to get to that place. Yeah. Uh, quite a bit, but I love it's a life journey. We, we have our life journey, right? We have yeah. our life to, to discover these things and integrate them. And yeah. And everybody has their own pace and process. There is many men listening to this who are thinking, well, you know, like they're still on their journey. <laughs> so they're, they're observing you. I'm sure. I'm still on my journey and always will be. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yes. And so with, you know, there was something that you said in the first part of your book um, where you said, you know, speaking of these wounds and, and of um, being sexy, but also wanting to be safe, you know, how do we as men, we, I mean, you all (laughs) as men um, express that sexuality in a way that doesn't cause harm or, um, become one of those guys, those guys who we disdain. Once more, read the book. Uh, <laughs> I probably have a combined hundred pages that addresses mm. that, that particular question mm-hmm. uh, in both the sexual self-mastery part and the understanding women and the feminine part. Um, so I, I refer to this sometimes as the, the secret formula to or the magic formula to unlocking sexual abundance. That that formula of finding that right balance between safety and uh, 
and sparking desire and turn on. And that mm-hmm. too many men are focused primarily on one or the other. Either yeah. he's just trying to figure out how to get in there mm-hmm. and he doesn't, re- he's not really present to how big of a deal safety is for women, both physical safety and emotional safety. Mm. And how it's prominent, it's often first and foremost um, before anything else. I'll second that, yes. (laughs) And then there's other men who err in the other direction, who are so concerned about making sure that she feels safe, making sure that she's comfortable, that he loses all polarity. He often uh, neuters himself in the process. Neuters uh, himself. <laughs> Cuts off from, from his own desire and his own sexuality because, uh, well, there's often shame attached to it and fear mm. that uh, whether it's fear that he's going to cause harm or he's just going to be perceived as, um, as one of those guys. <laughs> so instead there's no attraction there. And then, you know, too many men then blaming her for being friend zoned, et cetera. Mm -hmm, The victim story. Yeah. I tend to believe that your friend zone, it's that you friend zone yourself and that there is a, it's usually an indication of a deeper shame and judgment of your own sexuality and your own desire. Oof. And something to look, look into deeper. There's your new opportunity. Yay. <laughs> Again, I, I, I don't mean this to further shame you. It's it, These things are a journey. Much of these things are journeys that I went on myself. I just, mm-hmm. uh, If anything, I just want to remind you or inspire you that there is a way out. Mm-hmm. And yeah. more is yeah. available to you. An invitation. An invitation to look at something. Sure. So yeah. the invitation is the, comes from the more feminine perspective. I'll also challenge you to do so. Oh, Rise okay. up to it. You are <laughs> capable. And I want to meet that version of you. Oof, I like that. And when you brought up the word, you brought up the word polarity. Mm-hmm. Can you explain to our audience what that means? What you mean by that? Yeah, so this... Again, uh, David Data helped popularize this notion of polarity, though, of course, it existed uh, before him. Um, but it's this perspective around masculine and feminine as energies that are like uh, light and dark, up and down, black and white, these opposites. Uh, these opposite energies that have a relationship to one another that do, could not exist without the other. And uh, polarity can both attract and it can repel. Um, but there are ways in which you can learn to tune into these energies of masculine energy, of feminine energy, and play with them like magnets, where you can feel, I mean, people talk about chemistry, and often I think that they're speaking of a particular polarity that is existing between themselves and somebody else, a way in which you suddenly just feel like there's this magnetic pull between the two of you. Mm. Now, they can accidentally happen, but you can also intentionally learn to play with these energies. Mm. That's enticing. Yeah. <laughs> Funny that you use that word. I've got a chapter called Enticing Desire that is really rooted in how do you you play with this? You know, women have 
a sexuality of their own. I know you know this, Kat. And, really? <laughs> and, and desires of their own. And on one level, our society is like finally really recognizing that. But on this other level, it's like we're still stuck in this paradigm that men are supposed to be this constant driving force for the sex and women are supposed to be the sexual gatekeeper, either defending against or maybe letting it in. Mm. Where is the space for her authentic sexual desire in that equation? Mm. So instead of that being being the only thing available to you, push energy, men, I invite you to also learn how to play with pull energy. Not instead of, but in addition to. So that you can focus instead on how do you spark that desire that exists within her? How do you draw out? So she doesn't just let you, she actively craves you. Oh, that sounds really delicious. I'm, I subscribe to that. <laughs> <laughs> Monthly subscription, yearly subscription, I don't care. <laughs> I want that. <laughs> that makes me think about, you know, I mean, I just came from an expo with all these sex toys that primarily focus on women's sexual, yeah, their women's sexuality and their mm. uniqueness in that. So empowering women to be able to pleasure themselves here. And so you're saying... I mean, yes, the image of women's sexuality is changing and empowering and, and a lot more. And so here you're describing this, this idea of men as um, drawing, as, as um, uh, yeah, that word enticing or bringing them towards them in a way, energetically. Yep. I, so I share, share a story on this uh, in the book mm. of the... <laughs> I don't want to give away too much. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you could in 40 minutes. <laughs> I think yeah. you're good. <laughs> this, is, this is one of the more explicit stories in the book. <laughs> oh my God, you have to tell us uh, now. <laughs> uh, it was one of those pivotal moments where I really learned about this. I was uh, newly broken up with a woman who I was in a multi-year relationship with and nursing a broken heart. And I had a date that night and I... I had a feeling that there was something there between us, but I, I checked in with myself ahead of time. I'm like, I'm, I'm not ready to get sexual with somebody else right now. You know what? I'm going to make a commitment to myself. I can play with this woman, but I'm not going to have sex with this with her. I repeated it like a little mantra to myself. I'm not going to have sex with this woman. I'm not going to have sex with this woman. At least mm -hmm. not tonight. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we had our day, I ended up bringing her back to my place. I, I mean, I went full out. My decor in my place was had a sensual flavor to it. I set lighting and sexy music. And um, and we're making out, making play with one another. I could feel her sexual energy like ramping up more and more. And I wasn't trying to get there. There was a, a shift in our energetics because I wasn't trying... Um, what words can I use on your show? Everything. Okay. So I wasn't trying to all. fuck her <laughs> and, because I decided I wasn't going to. And so with that, with, with that agenda being like off the table, I was just really dropped into this place of like playing, of just mm. enjoying her. But mm -hmm. without her feeling that agenda without her feeling like there was this intense male sexual energy coming at her that she's got to try to defend against because she's not sure yet if she's ready or what she wants with instead just 
without that present, she was able to drop into her own desire developing at its own pace. And it was developing. Mm. And there was a certain point where I could feel it tip over in like almost like I could hear her internal dialogue of that's it. I'm going to fuck this man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I was like, no, <laughs> Which, <laughs> what, what was the effect of that? What do you think? Kat? <laughs> I think it revved up even more. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> her desire, her desire just like went into overdrive and she hit a point where she literally started begging me, mm-hmm. literally hit this point where she was just like, please, 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 Dustin, <laughs> please, please fuck me. Please, please, please fuck me. And I will admit, I burke. <laughs> I did put it off a little while and I really did mean it when I, when I set that forth. And the truth is further down the line, I did come to a point where I, where I learned to be able to hold that line better, where even in the face of being begged, I could be like, uh, true to my own sexual sovereignty. And part of that, what I really view as a, a deeper power, really, I can have pussy waved in front of my face and still be clear like whether this is an alignment or not. Mm, I wasn't mm-hmm. quite there yet. And <laughs> but I, I learned Learning. something. Yeah. <laughs> but I learned something really powerful through that experience uh, of like what can happen, open up when I, I created space to allow her desire to come up. I mean, I I don't think before that moment I believe that such a thing were possible and especially not possible for me to experience for a, a woman to want and desire sex with me so much that she was literally begging but from there i'm like fuck this like this is my new normal i want this <laughs> <laughs> bar raised <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, so that uh, that's where i really started bringing this attention to what i call this enticing desire approach mm-hmm. yeah well there's so much so, so erotic and desiring when we have to work for something mm-hmm. so here you're not giving it to them to anybody you know easily it's like oh, you got to put some effort into it and i think psychologically <laughs> we we value those things that we have to put energy into you. Yeah, yeah, very much so. So I just, yeah, I, I I fell in love with that feel. Well, I spoke of it earlier. And I, a woman letting me have sex with her, lost any and all interest for me. My turn on is in feeling her rampant desire for me, and mm-hmm. so I got really good at creating it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. I think. <laughs> I think a lot of our men and women, women on here are like, uh-huh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing is that it, it's, one of the things I like about this type of approach is that it actually works really well for both parties involved. Yeah. It gives yeah. him a deeper sense of his own power, his own value um, and desirability. And it gives her this spaciousness and opportunity to feel her own desire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel all that turn on like tingle through her entire body. Something that's not always possible when she feels like he's trying to get there just faster than she's quite 
ready for. Ready. Yeah. Yeah. So find enjoyment in the unfolding process and really be present to it. Sounds like presence is a big piece in these, Mm -hmm. uh, in these stories that you're sharing is like, can we engage with that present moment? And I I think that's also going to be really helpful with, you know, how many stories we can tell ourselves when say, you know, Oh, he doesn't want me or, you know, um, or he's into wanting me for something else or whatever stories that we create. But when somebody can be so present to the person. 100%. There's a reason why um, this part of things is in the latter part of my book is that there's all these other aspects of the inner work (laughs) that uh, are really the foundations that make this possible. Mm. But this is also acts as a great carrot because it's like, yeah, do that work and reap the rewards. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Oh my god! Oh god, this was so good. I just now looked at the time and I was like, <laughs> we're out of time. But this, because I was just so present to the unfolding of this podcast and all the pleasure. <laughs> Now, your book has already launched, right? It did from when we're recording anyway. It was uh, just over a week ago. We actually launched really strong. Uh, We hit Amazon bestseller in two categories overall and Amazon number one new release in nine categories at this point. That's incredible. Yeah, so there's a strong demand for this type of work, which has really been heartening. You know, it gives me a lot of hope for where we're going and that yes men we are we are evolving we are growing we're rising up to the to the needs of this moment doing it <laughs> and how can people find out more how can they connect with you yeah well easiest is evolvedmasculine.com or specifically around the book evolvedmasculinebook.com uh, mm-hmm. and then of course uh, in social um, my most engaged community is on Facebook facebook.com slash Destin Garrick or Destin Garrick profile and then uh, also on Instagram evolve, at evolvedmasculine yeah oh well thank you so much for coming on Destin it was an absolute pleasure to have you and thank you you as well you're you're a pleasure to speak with <laughs> oh well thank you everyone all you lovers thanks for tuning in if you enjoyed the show please head to eplaysex.com to subscribe to the show connect with me and grab my sexy guide about fantasies and how you can have better conversations with your lover because my goal here is to get you to eat play and sex better so you can improve your sex life which will improve every aspect of your life i'll see you next time on eat play sex thanks for tuning in lovers don't forget to subscribe to the channel you can find out more about our guests and topics from our show by checking out eatplaysex.com until next time don't forget to nourish your sex life